Just wanted to let you know that I think you're all beautiful people. Analyzing Google updates is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere, diagnosing it incorrectly, and applying the wrong remedies. Groucho Marx. What's up, guys? I'm Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quentin McKinnon. And this is the first of our first ever non-work-related podcast. Quentin, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Another day in paradise. That's awesome, dude. So Quentin and I have been work colleagues for just a little over two years off and on. Um, we've had amazing adventures together, needless to say. And if you've watched any of my personal vlogs, you've definitely seen him at least once or twice. If you've come over here from work, you've heard our collaborative projects on demoing a certain game console, which is phenomenally awesome. But we're more than just nerds and gamers and work uh, related uh, things. And we wanted to start our own podcast to do just that. So we're not going to go deep dive into who we are and what we believe in and and uh, what our favorite color is. But Quentin, if you could if you could ca- characterize yourself in one word, what would that word be? Favorite color is black right there. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> and Quentin is he's 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 a card. He's awesome. I'd say right, energetic. So the, 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 and well that's that's without saying. Yeah, that 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 definitely goes without saying. So, um I hope you're energetic about this first one because this was extremely extremely exciting for me. So, at the time of this recording, which is the toward the latter end of July 2017, Disney has announced that they will officially open a Star Wars hotel. Now, step back. This is only going to Florida Disney World. Um, so, as it stands right now, no, no, no plans for Disneyland in California, which is sad because I'm here in Cali. But nevertheless, it does kind of make sense. Um, this is going to be a completely immersive Star Wars hotel. What that means, in a nutshell, is that you will be able to enter the hotel uh all of the cast members will be in star wars s costumes and each guest will get a storyline which disney specifies as um a touch with every single minute of your day it's meant to take place on a spaceship and quote unquote windows will only show space quentin First off, what are, your, what are your first thoughts about this? So I'm looking at the photos right now, and I got to say, like, some of them look really cool. Uh, the first photo uh, makes me kind of question it. The beds just look terrible. Like, they look very space age, but not comfy by any means. The Yeah, I, I, I sorry to interject, but if, if any of you have watched Star Trek the original series and you've seen the bedrooms and the bed that, you know, Captain Kirk lays on and yada, yada, yada. They did not look comfy at all. And these look very similar to that. They're like, you know, cots almost. Yeah. They, they look like little cubbies with slats made out of what I would imagine fabric. Um, and the pillows look like they're just rolled up, uh, pieces of just more pieces of fabric that are the same part of the bed 
Right, and to paint a word picture for you guys, this is just uh, this is just concept art. It's not necessarily exactly what it's going to be, but it looks like, uh, as Quinton mentioned, um, you know, rolled up sleeping bags or even just like rolled up covers that you would unroll yourself. There's a cute little BB-8 nightstand thing that might be a lamp of sorts or an alarm clock. Then there's the bunk bed in the uh, in the back corner, which reminds me of bunk beds that you might find on like a Deep Space Nine spaceship. And I know I'm pulling out Star Trek, but we never really saw beds in Star Wars, right? So this is, you know, the, the only thing I can think of is the things that I've seen in Star Trek or uh, other science fiction movies and TV shows. Ooh, Red Dwarf. And yeah, it. Red Dwarf, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't look comfy at all. Now, if we're being honest, though, Q, is uh, it, comfort in a hotel definitely is important. You and I know this. Uh, being at CES in Las Vegas, we had the best <laughs> and the worst experience in that. So we, we won't get into that on this show. Um, but do you think that if you were going to an immersive Star Wars hotel, the comfort level uh, would bother you that much, or would you be too like uh, like set aback by you're literally in a Star Wars universe? You know, I'd, I'd imagine that your point is valid, that these are just concept arts, that the beds will be still just regular beds, still be very comfy. Um, it's, you know, a Star Wars hotel is awesome, but it's still a hotel. I'm still here to sleep. I'm still here to re-energize. I still want to sleep comfortably. No, that definitely makes some sense. And yeah, hopefully hopefully the actual uh, end result becomes something of uh, much more comfort and much more appealing. Now, one thing that does bother me, though, is that uh, the windows will only show space. Here's the thing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've heard some other concept art of other um, planes where they're trying to uh, change the immersive experience of being in a plane from that of the uh, instead of showing you the windows of actually what's going on outside, they will change via an LED OLED screen or something like that, uh, where you think that, oh, you look outside and there's a beach, which if you think about it, it makes no sense because you're in the air. But hey, it's a beach and they, they change the ambient light and everything. Um, I just think it's weird because... Uh, you know, in reality, I would I would like to see outside every once in a while. So hopefully, you would be able to at least turn that window off to see the outside, or roll it up to see. I don't know. I, I just don't know how that would work. The only thing I would ask for is that if they're going to do just these screens, and I'd imagine Disney has the budget to do this, but I would want them to be completely immersive like i want to stare out the screen at the screen or whatever it is and i want to feel a depth effect i want to feel like i could fall out of this window and fall into space i want to feel like when we are going over a planet that the rays are actually sun rays that are bouncing off the planet just like in real life right yeah, no, we'll definitely see. And I wonder how that would affect, you know, if you were in the adjacent room to me, if I could go from your room back to my room, if it would be a continued visual of what what we would normally see if I went from your room to my room. 
you know, would I see the, the, the planet that you're passing in your room? Would I see that in mine or, or vice versa or, or whatever the case is? That'd be interesting. But what was what really um, struck a chord with me that was very exciting was this idea that every guest would get a storyline that would touch every single minute of your day. Now, there are some minutes of my day in which I want to be by my private self due to private things, um, namely cleaning up and other stuff that we won't get into. But I'm, I'm assuming they just mean, you know, up and, up and down, walking about. Um, my question to you is, what story would you want? And as a follow-up question, do you think these stories, because they're given to us by Disney, are considered canon? I definitely would not say canon. I would think that they're just going to be, you know, just stories that fall in the Star Wars universe without actually being the Star Wars universe. So it's kind of similar to that of Star Tours, where it's at, it's it's Star Wars, it's at Disney, but those have nothing to do with the actual trilogy, the saga, the episode, any of that. Correct. And honestly, okay. I have no idea what I would want. I could not even what, okay, imagine. Let, let, let me let, <laughs> let me let me uh, let, let me just make it a little bit easier for you. What planet would you be on? Would you would you, you want to be on Bespin? Do you want to be on Tatooine, or do you want to be on like Naboo? Any of those? Ooh, Bespin would probably be yeah. my first guess. Uh, another good mm-hmm. one would be Camino. Camino was my first. That definitely is my first. I want to see those giant space stingrays somehow, <laughs> <laughs> or water stingray. Those things are cool. I just wanted to see the cloning facility. Um, I wonder how it would work. Like you would get in there and there's a oh hello, Mr. Quentin McKinnon. Um, looks like you and your wife are just the two of you today. Uh, you are now fugitives from Camino. Enjoy. And then like what? Did like stormtroopers start like following you or something like that? Like I, that's that's the the level of uh, immersion as you were uh, referring to earlier with the digital screens with the windows. I wonder how much that storyline would be immersive to your everyday. Uh, experience at Disney because um, you you know uh, some uh, players that do not just cosplay but they actually do um, what's it called when people LARPing? go out and they and they larping thank you do you know pe- friends that do larping or do you larp yourself uh, no and no I okay LARP- larping for those who don't know is live action role play um, I know a few people who do and they like to take a break. They don't want their LARP character to be the only thing that they do all day. So it's maybe a few hours, you take a break, check your cell phone, you know, whatever it is that you do, and then you, you get back into it. But there's there's got to be a break. So when they say touch every minute of your day, that's when I'm like, well, I need a break. <laughs> I don't know what that means I, exactly. I would imagine what they mean is that there's something to do whenever because you don't go to Disney World to stay in your hotel room or to stay in the hotel in general. There's a lot more to do, obviously. So I'd imagine they're just saying that any minute of just any given day, which I'd imagine is just going to be like a nine to nine kind of area, you have something Mm -hmm. that you can do. If the kids are kind of bored or, or worn out, you can go back to the hotel room and have them do something at the hotel room, which keeps them... I don't know, close, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be live until how long from now? Two years from now or so? Two, three years from now? So we, uh, we're, we're, we're all just speculating. We're just contemplating. We're just trying to figure out uh, what Disney could do. They have all the money in the world next to Google and Apple, so they could, they could probably figure something out. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. I still have a bunch of questions, but I do want to move on to the next topic. And that, my friend, does have to do with gaming. And with two of my favorite um, electronics paraphernalia when it comes to uh, computer accessories and the like, Astro and Logitech. Now, I recently found out that Astro was owned by Skullcandy, which makes those in-ear headphones or over-the-head headphones for mobile phones and some gaming headsets. They're, they're starting to get into that. But Astro was 1,000% all gaming. And both Quentin and myself are big Astro fans. Quentin more so because they kind of started in Utah, and he's, uh, he's Mr. Utah all the way, which <laughs> I understand, I get. But recently, Astro was bought from Skullcandy for $85 million in cash to Logitech. Now, Logitech has definitely had their comeuppance. They, they are also not just in the standard PC accessory world with keyboards and mice. They, they do have gaming keyboards. Um, they also have some headsets. They've made webcams that have been like the de facto webcams for Skype and conference calls and things of that nature. How does this make you feel, Quentin? Does this, do you think that this move is going to help Astro um, in terms of like what they're trying to go for? Or is this puzzling to you? Where do you stand? I, oh, the question I'd have is what kind of control is... Logitech going to have over Astro, like uh, Skullcandy. From what I've understood, from when we were when I was uh, talking to someone from Astro at E3, Skullcandy was very hands off. Skullcandy owned the rights to Astro, but was just you know what you are doing, you know how to do it well. Just keep doing what you're doing and make us money. I don't know how Logitech is going to treat that, and that worries me a little, uh, because I swear by their headsets, and their new Astro A10s are amazing, and I really need to get my hands on a pair, but I don't know how Logitech's going to treat that. Are they going to let them continue on? Because they have competing products. How's that going to work? Yeah, and it's also interesting because last year, September 2016, Logitech acquired uh, Satek, which is a Mad Cat simulation brand specializing in computer joysticks for $13 million. So it's looking like more and more that Logitech wants to have a much wider base for gaming. And because gaming in its own right is not such a niche market anymore like it used to be, a lot of computers, as you and I have seen just in the recent months, are becoming much cheaper, relatively speaking, to how they used to be years ago. Plus, even just your run-of-the-mill uh, laptop um, have some really good specifications. Even with a without a dedicated uh, graphics card, they can run some games pretty decently. 
And I'm sure Logitech has seen this trend and they just want to have their hands in all the pies. Going to what you were referring to as basically cannibalizing themselves with competing mar- uh, competing you know uh, hardware this in that regard that's not anything new right we we've seen other companies do this before where two companies have very similar products and then they are acquired by one or the other and they continue to have very similar products uh, one example i would have is linksys and belkin i actually did not know that they're the same company <laughs> and yet they still have their own Linksys routers and Belkin routers. Yeah, and and that in its own right is kind of where they they prosper. Um, you know, the vast majority of customers aren't going to know that they're one of the same company, and they will they will continue to buy a brand due to brand recognition. And what they could do potentially if they own the proper IP for some sort of, you know, audio driver that is, you know, really good. Like the ones I'm using right now, the Astro A40s, these audio drivers are phenomenal. They're using them in the Astro A10s. Maybe uh, now if this deal does go through with FCC compliance, they will be able to use those Astro drivers in Logitech headphones, which arguably are cheaper Right. I mean, if you look at how much Logitech headphones are, the gaming headphones, they're relatively cheaper than than an A40 or A50. And maybe they will be able to cover that middle ground where someone says, well, I don't want $60 pair of headphones. But I know I know Logitech. They make great, great mice. How, how are these uh, headphones for the 80 question bucks? I have like, for well, you is they have great drivers. OK, a lot I'll of buy them. my could be something to that. Friends and people I know have said that they're worried about the quality because they've dealt with Logitech products. I don't own any Logitech products. Do you? Sure. Yes, I'm very happy with the Logitech products that I have. I have I've had keyboards that were non-mechanical. They're just standard chiclet keyboards and they were fine. I've had an external mouse that I've used on my Microsoft Surface Pro 3 um, for editing purposes because the trackpad on that uh, type cover it just isn't good for, for um, video editing or, or anything of that sort. And it never, it never let me down at all. Um, honestly, what I would say to that is who is taking whose uh, supply chain? Because that's what it comes down to: is the supply chain is is Logitech going to uh, integrate Astro's supply chain into their own, or are they going to let Astro to continue to have their own supply chain? And that's a question I can't answer until everything goes through, and especially until we start to see the end product, the end results. But um, one of the one of the YouTubers that I follow. Uh, MKBHD, he just recently did a quick Q&A and talked about uh, the Logitech MX isn't, Master Mouse 2, the second the, iteration. And uh, mouse with it's, the he just says it's better than the first wheel. one, and I loved the first one. Um, it ain't no gaming mouse. Um, No. This one has one on the top, just your standard scroll wheel on the top. But it does have a weird kind of indention where your thumb goes. So it looks very 
futuristic. Uh, it looks very spacey. Um, however, and I can pull up a picture here, uh, but uh, in my experience, it was one of the best mice I, I had. Now, is it $100 uh, worth it? If Yeah, if you need precision and you want wireless precision, yeah, it's really good. And I'm I'm talking more in the in the mice arena, and you know, respectively, Astro doesn't have mice. They 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 know audio, and so to compare Astro's audio headphones to Logitech uh, audio headphones, uh, without a doubt, I'm going Astro. So, whatever Astro's doing, they might have a better supply chain for audio, and it could be something like um, Logitech will continue using Astro's supply chain. Here's hoping they just, and just stick throw with the hands on uh, Logitech. <laughs> Um, Logitech logo onto that uh, instead of the other way around. Yeah, here's hoping. I mean, there's a lot of companies these days because of brand recognition where uh, they have acquired one or another and they've kept the uh, the branding and they've kept a lot of the autonomy with that company so they can continue what they need to continue with. But they have the funding from the bigger company to do more than they've ever been able to do before. (laughs) Yeah, that would be. It'd be a life-changing event, you know? And you know what else is a life-changing event? Gaming. Well, Gaming uh, has been life-changing. Or has it? (laughs) Quentin, this is your topic. Why don't you go ahead? I mean, where to start? Uh, how long have you been playing games would be my question. For me, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about, like, playing games, it would be since I was, you know, since I got my first NES. Well, actually, I had the Atari 2600 thanks to my father, and that was what back in 85 86 when i first saw it and i didn't understand how the hell to use it uh then i went from that to the nes snes sega genesis the saturn um so on and so forth so i've been playing games since like the late 80s um i would say it hasn't been until recently i would con- consider myself to be a gamer and i'm nowhere close to being a hardcore gamer i'm as i've said before I'm a proud, casual gamer that likes hardcore games, but I'm nowhere near uh, being someone of that has the uh, affinity to um, get all the achievements, to rack up all the levels, <laughs> to uh, get kill shots like no none other. Um, like you, for example, I've I've watched you play Titan. I've watched you play Titanfall. I've watched you play Destiny, and just boggles my mind how quick your eye-hand coordination is and I as I sit here twiddling my thumbs but I've been playing games uh, you know I, I um I, I've enjoyed mobile being games for a long a, time a certain mobile game as um, of late so yeah we won't get into that I it's it's been a while uh <laughs> it's been I, I've been playing games for a while just a little bit yeah Thanks, mini clip. Um, yeah, no, the gaming, <laughs> oh, what ga- I'm, what ga- I'm gaming to ha- is um, has just, opened doors for me, though. 
I love looking at the butterfly effect. It's one of my favorite things to look at. Is thinking about. Is that what you're referring to? If you take the time machine back three or four years and just try to figure out where the dots connect in your life, it's one of my favorite little thought experiments to do. And I was recently because we're in uh, two months, one month actually, one month in one month. We will say goodbye to Destiny 1. And the Destiny 2 will release, which is going to be amazing. Can't wait for the game. But I got to thinking, what has profoundly changed my life since Destiny 1's launch? What what has happened? And a lot has happened because of Destiny. Because of Destiny, I got on Reddit. Because of that, I met my wife. Uh, I met... About four of my best friends in the whole world, which actually at this year's E3 2017, we actually all met for the first time ever at E3, which was a great experience. Um, and none of us would have ever have met. I I can say for sure that at least three of us never would have known each other would have uh, nev- never would have known each other existed without destiny i I, i've definitely heard stories where people have met their best friends or even such as yourself they've met their loved ones uh for the you know through uh, a game whether it be destiny or call of duty final fantasy whatever the case may be okay so your butterfly effect idea I've never thought of it that way. What have I done? What have I... You know what? I think one thing that I can really pinpoint that playing games multiplayer has done for me has brought in my ability to, um, I guess, connect with uh, my loved ones on a different level than I thought we would ever connect. So um, before multiplayer... I was always into single-player games, single-player campaigns, primarily because back in the day, my parents didn't want to pay for the internet ability for me to stream and you know, do co-op games. Um, I remember when I played NHL uh, 1997, I had to plead to my mother to let me play against my friend Paul, and she uh, uh, eventually she said, sure, go ahead. But what had happened was that our modem was in the wrong slot, so the game didn't let me select the slot that the modem was actually plugged into, so I didn't even get to play with, uh, play against them anyways. Um, and I think that, that, that experience in itself turned me off playing multiplayer, but it has been recently primarily because of my job um, and also because of the internet being so much faster and a lot more affordable, or in that I you know, played with random people. But when I play with my cousins, it, I, it gave me that ability to, you know, chat with them about other things. And then I also met other cousins on there that I don't really know about. And just this past weekend, we had a, let's just say a family get together down in LA. And I met those cousins that I've been playing Xbox with. And they're like, oh yeah, you're Tony. You're, you're, you're that guy that, uh, Scored that goal in Rocket League. That was really good that one night. I'm like, yeah, how's it going? And yeah, it, it doesn't really have the same impact that it, you got, you know, meeting like your best, your, you know, some of your best friends and your wife. But I definitely can see where 
or the 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 advent of you know multiplayer gaming and and just what you know uh games like destiny and rocket league and whatever else have done for uh for us as a as a society now why do you think people don't want to play online i mean it's to each his own right I, some people don't have anyone to play with some people are not a fan of playing with other people and that's why there's so many games out there there's something for everyone mm-hmm. but the cool thing is is there's also a community for everything even those single player games skyrim skyrim for example is a completely single player game and yet has one of the biggest communities that is still milking that game and it came out in 2011 and they're still releasing mods they're still releasing uh texture packs all sorts of stuff for that game and it's six years old. So where's the butterfly effect go from now? Where does it go here? So uh, f- t- speaking from a personal experience, you've met best friends, you met your wife. Now what? Man, uh, things I'm, I'm hoping for is possibly getting into some actual tournaments for the best shooter of all time, which is Titanfall 2. i am been trying to get into some of those actual tournaments that are paid for, um, which could lead to something. Uh, video games have led to my job. So the whole reason I have my job is because I was willing to go to these events that Microsoft was Microsoft was doing to show off current games and i flew out you know even on day trips to california just to check out these games and then go home but i at those events i would make contacts and make friends and uh all sort meet all sorts of people that eventually culminated to where i'm at now so where does this go from here i'm not sure that's the great part about the butterfly effect is you can't really see where it's going to take you but it's fun to look back on where it has it's funny because when i took this job that you and i both have respectively in our own states uh I, I went in uh, with a focus solely on uh, computers and operating systems and software, but I didn't really touch gaming until about a year ago, almost almost exactly a year ago. And now I'm meeting so many more people just you know, going into the respective locations that uh, people just have an affinity for gaming no matter what the platform is and they want to know more they want my job they want to find out how to you know uh you know get more in depth into the actual gaming world instead of just selling games and i spoke with the individual that was actually referred uh, by a friend of his to to uh to apply for a game developer. We're not going to buzz market the game developer. Uh, and he asked me for, you know, tips and tricks. And, you know, I, I gave him what I could. And, you know, six months later, he got the job as a, uh, as a game tester. And that was something that, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that I was the one that helped him, but talking to me, hopefully, you know, set off something in his head that made him 
made him, you know, achieve that goal. And that was, you know, he, he said, thank you to me. And I was like, okay, well, good, but you did the work, not me. But that, that was a really cool experience. So yeah, you know, hats off to him. I hope he continues to do what he does there. And like you said, there's, there's really nothing, there's nothing that we can really, you know, foretell. I mean, I, we can look at trends in gaming, but that doesn't really tell us what, how that's going to affect other aspects of our life. So it it will definitely be interesting to see if in the future if gaming either helps or hurts us. And uh I want to end it there, but uh, if you guys that are listening to this on whatever platform that we decide to put this on, how has gaming hurt helped you or how has it hurt uh, hurt you um or how has it affected you in this butterfly effect? Let us know. Be definitely be interested to check that out. Um, this podcast, again, like I said, was uh, just a way for Quentin and I to kind of talk shop that had nothing to do with our job, but we did kind of make it a, about a little bit about what we do because we love our job, right? But um, I want to put it to you, Quentin. What do you want to call this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the time that people listen to this, we, we should have like a beta title. My alpha title was the QT Podcast. Quentin, Tony, QT. See what they did there because oh. we're cuties. <laughs> but yeah, you feel that's, bad about that you joke. Know, I do feel bad, but I feel great as well. Um, what do you? Did you have any idea going through that awesome brain of yours? Um, what you would want to call this? Oh, I have no idea. Um... Call it the Night Rider podcast, and have nothing to do with Night Rider and confuse everybody. There you go. How about still recording? Still recording. I like that. It's quaint. It's uh, it's not on the nose. With what's what uh, you know? Which I hate those podcasts, those titles that are just on the nose. Um, and it makes you think: Are we still recording the podcast? Are we recording our lives? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, Getting too deep for me, Tony. Is well, we're we're going to get deeper. You'll see. Um, no jokes there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close this out. Um, if you guys want to follow me, uh, you can find me on the social networks on uh, Twitter, Lazy Tech Tony, or Instagram, just Tony Hannity's. Quentin, what about yourself? I am at Firewall on Twitter. That's about the only social media place I'm on. Uh, other than that, there's always Xbox Live which I'm also firewall, but it's spelled funny. So look at the notes that hopefully Tony will take care of. We have notes. Look at the notes, please. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening for our first ever podcast. We'll talk to you in the next one. Bye-bye.